Revolution, Chapter 25, Innocence Shattered. Each calendar month seemed to go by faster than the last, and I still waited. I obtained my master's and began working as a mental health therapist. Wade married his beloved and had two or three children by now, and I still waited. I remembered the dreams and visions of my wife and children, but with each passing year, it felt more and more like a distant, unfulfilled childhood fantasy. I roomed with two different skateboarders and worked as a traveling social worker. I spent the hours in between sessions journaling life events and hoping the dreams of her, whoever she was, would not fade away. I did not want to lose her, and I did not want to die lonely. In small groups, I struggled to relate to the other men, recanting their weak sexual impurity soaked in pornography and lust. I never understood the attraction towards pornography. Naked bodies glorified through computer screens seemed like a strange way to spend your time. Despite how strange it was to me, it seemed like every man had wrestled with a taboo activity. In secrecy, I wondered if I had missed my entry into manhood. I half-heartedly prayed for them, not out of pride, but out of a sense of isolation for not understanding the everyman struggle. I waited impatiently. As darker clouds rolled in and the temperatures grew colder, I found myself spending more and more time at home than not. Heavy snowfall isolated me to a third-story apartment overlooking North Lexington, with a week of canceled therapy appointments resulting in no pay. With roommates away and plans canceled, I fell into boredom, frustration, and isolation, and in the midst of it all, I discovered the everyman struggle, a full weekend of unfortunate sexual discovery. The secret did not stay within me. I knew it enough I had to confess the badge of shame I wish I never had discovered in the first place. I now understood how the addiction could grab hold of your neck, choke you until you thought you were dead, and let you regain composure only to choke you again. 29 years of waiting, sacrificed during a lonely, snowed-in weekend. In an effort to alleviate any shame, I took up running half-marathons. I ran my first with a German graduate student and neighbor who is a close friend to this day. The following fall, I decided to run my second half marathon along with an overnight team race called the Bourbon Chase. With minimal effort, I ran slightly better than the average amateur long distance runner. And gratefully, I got some relief from bouts of depression and the everyman struggle. Running gave me the kind of concrete results I lacked in the abstract world of social work that I practice in. As a social worker, I could never tell if my clients made strides towards healthiness until months or years later. As a runner, I could see the results through the increasing distances I ran and the weight that I lost. As a result of poor planning, I ran two half marathons within a week of each other. Afterwards, I struggled to bend my knees or walk up the stairs to our third floor apartment. Every part of me ached. I scheduled a massage to help release the muscle tension and let my body recover faster. A week later, I stepped into the third story massage therapy office. 
the front desk gave me an application that filled out. I included my demographic information, areas of my body that needed the most work, and any other pertinent information. A dark-haired, bearded man took me to one of the rooms, gave me brief instructions, and exited the room. A few minutes later, he knocked on the door, gave him a massage, and left and allowed me to put my clothes on again. Throughout the entire massage, I prayed. I had not been touched, even by a handshake, in weeks. In a strange way, it felt like I found a simple way to get that need met. Multiple male friends had asked me before if I needed anything. Fearlessly, I would answer I needed a hug when I saw them, only to be met by a concerned face and the question would never be asked again. It seemed I stumbled upon a way to get that need met without making my friends feel uncomfortable. I exited the massage room to be greeted by the massage therapist. He mentioned he had his own studio in town, gave me his card, and said maybe I could schedule my next appointment there. He sought to get business out of his own studio and increase his own business instead of having a portion of his wage go to someone else. Innocently, I scheduled the next appointment at the new location. Ten or so days later, the same routine occurred, but this time at his studio, in the back of a hot yoga studio. My appointment was at 10 and I planned to meet one of my roommates, Gideon, during his lunch break afterwards. I filled out an application, instructions were given, he left, I undressed, placed a sheet over myself and waited for him to return. Up to that point, nothing had changed from the previous appointment. But when he returned to the room to get started, he asked to play the new Adele album during the session. I said I enjoyed her music, so he played the album on his iPhone through his Bluetooth speakers and began his work. And like before, I continuously prayed throughout the session. I prayed against any lustful thoughts. I prayed for friends, for myself, for the massage therapist, and anything else that came to mind. And I tried to relax. Halfway through the 90 minutes, he asked me to roll over. I did and I continued to pray over myself. Somehow, he misinterpreted my comments about what felt good. The internal praying subsided as I zoned out while he crossed a massage therapist's client boundary. My body froze as he took advantage of the situation, and we ended up in a place I had not intended. Abruptly, Adele stopped singing over the Bluetooth speaker. Only the air conditioner hummed over us as he finished what he had started. 20 minutes later, it felt like I woke up again. In 20 minutes, 30 years of purity disappeared. In 20 minutes, 30 years of waiting seemed stolen. In 20 minutes, defeat took over, dreams disappeared. In 20 minutes, it felt like the world had caved in, and somehow, I could still say I had never been kissed. He cleaned both of us up. He placed a sheet back over me, and then left the room and told me to get dressed. He chatted about how much he liked me, 
and explicitly complimented my body, including my manhood. I sat silently and anxiously waiting for his phone to charge so I could pay him. He asked a few questions about my life, which I answered briefly, and then asked me to tell no one about what had happened because it would ruin his business. In fear, I agreed. I finally paid and walked down the hall to him saying, see you soon. In shock, I sat waiting at a local restaurant for Gideon to show up. I wrestled over and over again with how I could have let this happen. I felt dirty and used. I even had to pay for my first but unwanted sexual experience. What kind of man was I? I had thrown it all away. Gideon joyfully entered the restaurant in a very Gideon sort of way, greeted me with, Sup, dude? I shook my head in disbelief. Gideon's tone quickly changed to see if everything was all right. I shook my head no and tried to explain what happened. In the middle of the conversation, the massage therapist walked in to pick up his to-go order. That's him. I tilted my head in the man's direction. Gideon's pupils grew bigger as he looked at him and then back at me. Bro, I'm so sorry. Let's get out of here. The days and weeks ahead turned darker. I met with friends, even a pastor, and tried to explain what happened, only to be asked how I provoked him, because I must have done something to get that kind of attention. I withdrew from community as every man's struggle pulled me deeper and deeper into a pit. A few hundred dollars from a recent paycheck purchased hours of internet pornography, leading me into self-destruction. I received text messages, voicemails, and letters from him. Each one was deleted, blocked, and thrown away until all communication eventually stopped. Each one was a reminder of the innocence that I had lost, an innocence that was now left shattered. Thirty years of purity gone, thirty years of waiting gone, any dream gone, any vision of her and the kids disappeared. In the midst of my sexual brokenness, spiritual warfare heightened and suicidal thoughts came once again. I wouldn't try to harm myself again. Offing myself never seemed to work anyways. So instead, I sat in my shame. The most ironic part of it all, I had less than four months before heading off on my first missions trip since leaving Costa Rica.